Madam Director General, dear friends, permit me to start with a story. She was born as Sarah Halprin in the West Polish town of Zgierz, probably in 1934 or 1935, when the murder action came in the summer of 1942. The family fled to the villages, leaving whatever was left of their property with a pole for safekeeping. A Polish peasant gave them temporary shelter, but money soon ran out, and the mother went to the person with whom the property had been left. She was betrayed to the Germans, tried to flee, and was killed. Sarah was left with another villager. The father and the baby were soon found out and killed. Sarah then had to leave the peasant with whom she was staying because the peasant and his wife were afraid that she would be found out and they all would be killed. Sarah started going from village to village with an invented story of being a Polish refugee whose parents had been killed by German bombs when the war started. However, in every case, she finally blurted out her real name and was thrown out or kept for another night and then had to leave. The only person who really tried to help her was a village priest whose name she does not remember, who made her swear she would not betray her secret of being Jewish. But she did not keep her promise and again said to the people who gave her shelter that she was Jewish and had to leave. Finally, she found an old couple who agreed to give her shelter. They did not suspect she was Jewish but they treated her very badly. She had to work very hard and got very little to eat. She stayed for a while, even after the Russians liberated the area. And then she was taken by a friendly young woman to Warsaw to stay with the Poplavsky family, an alcoholic husband, a wife, and a small girl. Mrs. Poplavska became a substitute mother, and Sarah decided she wanted to be a Christian. The Jewish God had not saved her parents. She became very devout and very anti-Semitic. She wanted to exploit those horrible Jews. And when she heard that a Jewish organization looking for hidden Jewish children was distributing all kinds of goodies she went there to utilize this. As a result, people came to her home to take her to a Jewish orphanage. And Mrs. Poplavska, who needed money, was paid a large sum to give Sarah up. There was a horrible scene with Sarah clinging to the doorpost, resisting to be taken away. But in the end, they took her to the children's home. The whole orphanage was moved to France on the way to Palestine. From France, Sarah wrote a letter to her substitute mother 
Mrs. Poplavska, quote, Mommy, it would have been better if you had given me to the Germans rather than to the Jewish scum who torture me so much, or if you had drowned me. One hears only oy vey from them, but anyway, I will take my revenge on them in the future. Three other girls have prayer books and medallions of saints. It is a pity I don't have rosaries with me." Unquote. But slowly she adjusted and came to Palestine in the summer of 1947, went to an agricultural school and then joined the kibbutz. How did I come across this story? I found Sarah's letter in an Israeli archive because the adults in charge had not sent it off. It was easy to find the person who had been responsible for the orphanage, and I asked him what happened to Sarah. I was then a member of a kibbutz, and he said that Sarah was Sabina Hoffman, the secretary of my kibbutz, my next door neighbor. I knocked at her door with her letter in my hands, and I asked her whether this was she. She almost fainted, and then she agreed to give me her testimony. Her husband came in and listened, and then thanked me because she had never told him her story. I think that in many ways, this is a typical child survivor story. The fact that she survived was pure accident. She had what was known as good looks. In other words, she did not look like a stereotypical Jew. She was blonde and blue-eyed, spoke good Polish without an accent, and was very intelligent. Any of the peasants who finally discovered that she was Jewish could have reported her to the police, as happened to a very large number of others. Until she reached Warsaw after the war, she remained almost illiterate. A Pole had killed her mother in order to keep the Halperin's property, and a Polish priest tried to help her. The Polish peasant couple who took her in exploited her mercilessly, not because she was Jewish, which they didn't know, but because that was what they were. When Sabina reconstructed to me her hatred of Jews and her Christian beliefs, she said that she had believed that the Christian God was obviously much better and more powerful than the Jewish one, but that while kneeling in church, she still prayed to her parents to forgive her for abandoning her Jewish faith. About a million Jewish children under the age of 13 were murdered or died as a result of German policies. If we include youngsters up to the age of 15, 16, the figure will be something like a million and a half. Obviously, we have testimonies only of the tiny minority who survive. 
The question is often asked, how could human beings murder innocent children in the most brutal ways? The question implies that the parents were not innocent, which of course would be an outrageous lie. But here the answer is perhaps counterintuitive. The Holocaust was obviously a genocide and murder of children, no more and no less horrible than in the genocide of the Jews, occurred in all other genocides as well. Indeed, today, the mass killing of women and children has been and is being witnessed by all of us in Rwanda, Darfur, in South and North Sudan, in the Congo and elsewhere. The same happened in the more distant past on all continents. Himmler said on June 21, 1944, that one had to kill all the Jewish children because, quote, one day these children will become adults. Should we be so uncivil, unanständig, as to say, no, no, we are too weak for that, but our children will do that in future? That the Jewish vengefulness of grown-up avengers who today are small and will grow big, will avenge itself on our children and children's children? No, we cannot be that irresponsible." Unquote. That, basically, is the attitude of all genocidal murderers. They kill the children to annihilate the group. In the Holocaust, this attitude of murderousness is manifested in the most extreme form I know of. Literally, not a single Jewish child was to live anywhere Nazi Germany had any influence, and this is unprecedented. Not only the Jewish people, but the whole world lost huge numbers of possible scientists, philosophers, and simply decent human beings and the cries in the death throes of little children, whether in the shooting pits, in starving ghettos, or in gas chambers and death camps, will accompany us in our quest for a more decent world in which such, such things may hopefully no longer happen. Thank you.